So when you have a big fat kair with someone you've never met before, I'm the curious type, you see. I love getting to know new people. Not that she's new in the music industry. Carleen Husselman has been around for a long time. Um, yodeling. She's the yodel queen of South Africa. But today we're getting to know her from a new angle. So Carleen, hello. How are you doing? Hi, I mean, I'm doing good. A bit tired after the weekend, all the shows. Monday are usually my rest day, but today you guys got me out of bed. And I am here to tell you my story. Shame, (laughs) shame, shame. But it's okay. You can be strong for us, you know. Absolutely. Caroline, I've got to find out because... I didn't even know you were Christian. I mean, everyone in South Africa says they're a Christian. But if you have, now, before we get into your testimony, because I'd love to find out how this happened in your life, I'd first like to get to know you as a person. Who are you, like in family, personality? Um, what do you do for a living? That kind of thing. Introduce yourself to me. Oh, well, I grew up in, a, in, in Cape Town, in Tukai, Musenberg. Uh, I was in a small school there. And, uh, yeah, I always used to sing, and my family are also uh, musicians and singers and, and so on. So, yeah, and after school, I decided to pursue my career in, in music. And, uh, yeah, I loved being with my family. I love animals. I'm a big animal lover. Um, actually, I wanted to become a vet, and then I realized my heart is too um soft yeah so um i would have never ever survived being a vet i don't i can't i can't do that i just want to help animals i want to love animals Mm. and uh yeah so now i'm I'm still a singer i've been singing for 20 years now but it's not often that you find someone with such an alto voice like yours a lady in any case i mean even in american music you know kim hill because she's got a voice like yours it's this this the striking alto kind of voice. Was it something that made you unique from the start that when you start speaking, people already stop and listen because it's so unique? We always laugh about that, Janine, because even when I was at school, the teacher would say, Carlin and her Mikeys, you must now be quiet. So <laughs> I asked her why, and she said, because you're always the loudest. So <laughs> my voice was usually distinctive, I think, um, but as I grew older also, your voice drops. So also been singing for 20 years. So it's not, my voice is not exactly the same. I was more a mezzo, a mezzo uh, alt. Um, but the older we get and the voice also gets tired. So I've been singing so many years and so on. So I still have a big range, but yeah, it dropped to it's more than old now. Yes. Yeah, but I'm also wondering because in South Africa, in any music industry, to have something that's different from the rest, that does help. I mean, so many people have got good voices, but what makes you stand out is being unique. And your voice Absolutely. is unique in the South African market as well. Did you find that open doors for you? I think in the beginning of my career, I sounded more like uh, more like everybody. I don't know how to explain it. I think just that, like how I grew and my voice matured and the difference became. For me, it was also I always, always tried to sound different and be authentic and be myself. Um, so I think it's a good thing to have a different voice because if everybody sounds the same, then how is that going to be unique? So maybe God just gave me a different voice. I don't know. I don't know why it evolved like that. I don't know why it is like that. It's just like that. 
Yeah, but that's the nice thing about God. He likes being creative and doing something <laughs> special in every person. Okay, tell me about the yodeling thing because yodel isn't South African. And yet it's something that if someone, I mean, not everybody can yodel. Why did you decide, okay, let's, let's do this. Now this sounds interesting. Well, the yodeling thing started with my family. My father uh, actually had a story where he told he was a child and Charles Jacoby drove into the school hall when he was five years old and started yodeling. So I grew up with yodeling and um, uh, I started about when I was about six years old. I tried, but I, I thought I sounded terrible and my father just told me to keep on trying. And I think the first time I actually realized that I can really do it was when I got recorded on my first album and I actually heard it back in a studio and I said, oh, wow, that actually does sound good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me how you met Jesus. I met Jesus when I was a little girl, I think about five or six years old. Um, my mom used to take us to church every Sunday, so I had to sit there and at first you don't even know why you're there. Your mother just tells you you're going to church and going to sit there and be quiet and listen. So for the first 10 minutes, you are like listening when you're five, six-year-old, and after that, you don't really know what's happening. <laughs> but as I got older, um, about when I was seven, um, I started going to Sunday school and all that, and I just got this amazing inner-driven spirit to get to know this Jesus. So I would have never missed a Sunday school, a Sunday trip, or anything. And uh, I just started reading the Bible and I couldn't understand it. But I, I was so intrigued by this Jesus that he he could do all this miracle stuff. And God, that he opened the sea and he saved people he loved. And yeah, so I was always into, into Jesus and into the gospel. And so on. unfortunately in my life, I did lose a bit of that when I got older because of things that that happened in my life. Um, I never let go of God's hand, but there was times that I felt like I was screaming to him, where are you? And I sometimes took uh, wrong roads and I, uh, I, I became friends with maybe wrong people and stuff like that. And I went down very fast for a while. And then I tried to pick myself up and, but I never blamed God for anything that happened in my life. But when I got older, I actually realized that I was mad at God. He didn't, I didn't want to, to say it, but inside. So I had to get peace with God with everything that I went through in my life. So that's what I always also say to people is there are certain things in your life when you're, when you're a kid, you're not in control of, of things that happen in your life or around you. So you need to have God in your life. And I think, the fact that I met Jesus, I, I met him at church and I met him through asking my mom questions about Jesus and who he is and read me this story and tell me about that. So it was a normal thing. And I just loved singing Jesus songs in, at school when we had um, those days. We still had uh, that half an hour of gospel at school every morning before school, your first class of the day. And I just loved that. So as I grew older, I just, um, I actually really, really got into a relationship with God and Jesus in 2016, where I met God really on my knees when I was screaming, help, help me. I, I, I went in a very big depression 
because of very, very bad things that happened in my life. And I just didn't know how to get through it and get out of it and how to forgive and let go. That was also a big thing that God showed me in the last six years is I need to forgive. And I firstly had to forgive myself, Yanin, um, for the things I did and for for being mad at God sometimes and not really saying it. Mm. Not saying to God I'm mad at you. I was I was trying to hide it from God, but God knew. So I think for me, speaking to God in 2016 and telling him, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. Help me to forgive myself. So when I started forgiving myself, I actually started forgiving everybody in my life that hurt me and everything that went wrong in my life. And then my mind, my spirit, and my life just opened up. And then I wrote that first song of mine that was actually my first real gospel song before this one was uh, Lich Donker. So I wrote that song when I was in a very deep depression and God told me that he would use me and the song to take my depression and use it as an inspiration. Because I said to God, if I die someday, please, I don't want to die. And I didn't do what you asked of me or the reason that you wanted me to be in life and the reason for me being here. So when I die one day, please, God, just use everything that's dark and bad for an inspiration for people so that they can see your light through me through the darkness so that I can shine. And the last six years was actually um, the time when God told me, I will, as if you believe in me with everything and you listen to me, I will turn your life around and I will give you the desires of your heart. And I still some days fail and I do sometimes uh, get rebellious sometimes. And, then, and, and I think that my relationship with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, he I'm very, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fire, I'm a fire person. And I, when I do something, I do it with everything and with passion. And sometimes I'm so passionate about it that I don't, I don't think about the whole thing before I say it or do it. <laughs> and I think God laughs with me a lot because I am like that. I, I, um, I just sometimes just do, do stuff. And then I often I said, Oh God, I shouldn't have said that. Or I shouldn't have done that. And then we laugh and then he says to me, I'll oh, just take it as a lesson and maybe just try to work on being thoughtful more before you do something. Think before this. Think before you do. Be quiet and be still before you want to just jump into something and do it because you feel like the moment is right. Sometimes for me, the moment feels right, but I, I need to get I need to get still. And ask God if it's if what I want to do or feel is my desire or is it his desire. So that's what I've been working on the last six years a lot in my own spirit, I mean, and uh, to get to get that right. Not me, God, you. And even though I fail or I do, I have mistakes or I, I am going to still have mistakes in, in my life or I'm not always going to do the right thing or say the right thing. But through that, it's human. And God told me to just stay focused. And every time that I fall, I just get up and go forward. I think that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the quicker we get up out of our darkness or our mistakes or our past or the problems that we face every day, the quicker you get up out of it and give it to God, the quicker the healing comes, the quicker you can move forward. But when we get stuck in that, it was like that was what my life was. I got stuck somewhere. 
and I didn't know how to get out. So I had to find the real path and connection with the Holy Spirit to get freedom from the pain of my past and the things that I went through in my life that I didn't know how to handle. So when we really get that connection with God, then his light starts shining through us. Even in our darkest days and even in the mistakes we make, God will use that mistakes and darkness for his light. So that's why I always also feel like darkness and light is used for the Holy Spirit and for his creation and for the end when he's coming to to get us all that, that loves him when he comes back on the clouds as we all believe that he's going to come and get us. I, I do have to ask you, the one reason why so many times we feel we've got to um, hide ourselves and our anger and our doubts from the Lord is a misperception about who he is and how he would handle it if he knew, as if he didn't know. But it's like, that's the reason why we wear this mask. Forget about wearing masks before other people, wearing masks before God, that it, it affects the way we speak to him and what kind of praise we pray, all because we want to do this right, but we fake it. Now it's not real. Yes. Um, so yes. What is, when, you, when you return now, when you made that connection again with God in 2016, and uh, and you broke. Did you find out he was different from your preconceived idea? The, the the thing that held you back, who you thought he was, when you got to know him, and he still loved you, and he still forgave you, and he gave you the peace, and he gave you direction, all of that. When when you found uh, when he uh, the way that he reacted to you being authentic and real before him, did that surprise you? I think what surprised me was how strongly I felt him for the first time in my life when I actually spoke directly to him and asked his forgiveness. Um, I think the moment when, when God comes in, when you let him really come in and you're really open and you, you know, it, it's, it's a big, it's a moment you will never, ever, ever forget. It's you at that moment, you feel like, Oh, this is God. <laughs> what was I busy with? Who, who did I speak to before this? Okay, I knew God listened to me, but he wasn't, he was there, but it was me. The problem was me. It wasn't God. He was there all the time. But like, like you said now, I had that fakeness. So God couldn't connect spiritually um, with me because I wasn't open. I wasn't really open. I was playing. I'm open. I was playing, oh, I'm listening to you, but I wasn't really listening. I was, yes, God, I'm listening, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm. And you're going to follow what I want in my life, you see. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think that moment when I was on the end, I, I felt like I, I didn't want to I didn't want to live anymore. I was on a very, very, very dark back, bad space. And God told me, there's two choices, my child, in my spirit. And I actually heard his voice two, uh, two times in my life. Really, like I heard him speaking, saying my name, and he said a small sentence to me, and it was so powerful. I didn't want to speak about it because I was so scared people were going to think I'm crazy. Who do you think that God will speak to you in voice? And if he speaks to you, you won't be able to listen because it's going to be too powerful. But the way that God spoke was soft but strong. He said my name, you know, so I can hear him in my in my soul. It's not like I hear a voice Coming from the outside, hey, Carlene, you're not listening to me. <laughs> it's like inside. It's an inside voice. You hear a voice of a man 
that's saying to you, my child, Carlene, you said my name, I will protect you. I will help you. So God said in my soul, he told me that uh, you must choose my child. Life or death. And that was the moment I decided, no, I'm choosing life because you gave life to me. And I am not finished with what you send me to to do on earth. I'm a person like that. When I start something, I have to finish it. I don't give up, even though there are days that I feel I want to give up. But I think that moment when I was on my knees screaming, God, help me. I'm dying. I don't know how to get out of this. Please, I can't feel you. I can't hear you. It felt like I was in, I was really in hell. I think, I think that would be hell if you can't feel God anymore. If his, if his presence is nowhere to be found. I think that's hell because that's what it felt like for me. And that moment he came back into my life, there was like everything opened up. I could see the clouds again. I could feel feelings again. I could love again. I could try again. Um, just I felt him in everything in my life like never before. Oh, that's that is how I can explain it. That's so special. Okay, before we get into Skein, into Shining, um, if people want to connect with you, with your music, with what you've got to say, I love the way that your profile honors God as well. Um, if people want to connect with you, where do they go to? Yeah, well, I am mostly on Facebook. I'm, I've started with um, TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm, I was a bit slow with that in the last 20 years, um, the last six years. Also, I actually just started now. So, um yeah, I'm on TikTok now, <laughs> and I'm on Instagram. The one place they'll find everything will probably be Facebook. Ah, okay. And a Car- Carlene Husselman. Yeah, Carlene Husselman, musician, songwriter. All right. So you'll finally Google Carlene Husselman. At least you are sure the rest of the sentence will be finished if you Google the lady. And then, Skane, we're going to play. We're going to play your song. When we listen to the song, what's, oh, yes. what's the one thing you want us to hear? The message that you want to hook onto our hearts? Okay, I want you to hear that this song tells the story of your life too. This song is everybody's story. We've all been through it. And that you need to shine in the darkness.